Welcome to the OES podcast. Today on the show, we've got our brother from the exact same mother. My brother, your friend, yeah. Tall Cooperman. <laughs> uh, me and Tall are yes. actually brothers. Most Tall calls a lot of people brothers. Uh, at his wedding, I said, who here has ever been called Tall's brother? All and hands all 300 up. people, including women, raised their hands. Um, yep. Tall, what's up, man? What's up, man? Dude, how's uh how's your quarantine uh, been? You're not really quarantined. I mean, you're like in LA. I'm in LA, just running around, taking meetings. Um, but but it's been good. I mean, we've been pretty strict at our house. Uh, we went six weeks being pretty strict, and then finally Abby was like, "We need to get out of this house." Dude, it's been. I just like can't do it. You have to like yeah. get out. Dude, have you guys seen the Huntington Beach like protests yes. that happened yes. yesterday? It's that crazy. shit is wild. I mean, this is I I figure it's gonna happen. People are just gonna get over this shit. It's like, dude, they, I'm they over. Are, it. They are over it. Um, yeah. We went to uh, we met with uh, a friend uh, Shuki last week. A guy Tommy and I have known our whole lives. We he has like a you know like a yacht, I guess. Uh, it, we just us went on there, me and Abby and and his son and and Tav, dude. Marina Del Rey was probably it, more packed than it, it's ever been, bro. It was it's gnarly. It's it was gnarlier than Fourth of July. I was like, and I think they just it was the first hot day, you know. And I think people just were like, I am done with this. I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. What? And they say that, like, the sun apparently kills the virus in, like, 90 seconds or something. So right. they're sure everyone's just like, fuck it, I'm going to go be in the sun. <laughs> a bunch of naked people just running around. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, was looking at, uh, I was looking at the mayor's Twitter, and he said, uh, he, like, he's, like, super strict. He, like, won't let anybody go out. And he was, like, he was, like, saying how he's not letting people go outside yet. And this one guy tweeted him, and it was his, the mayor's house on fire like some guy did it on photoshop and he goes this will be your house soon and i was like i don't know that you can just put that I mean, on twitter bro i mean that's the ma- the the governor of of vegas too that's that's how people feel about him right now you because know? the but the mayor of vegas wants she wants to open right yeah, or but something? she has zero say yeah oh man well dude it's a it's a tricky thing because it's like everyone's over everyone wants to open but like what if it opens and it's 10 times worse and i have to shut down again and that's what's going to happen but people People are too dumb to think that far. Yeah. You know, um, I do agree that it's gotten a little out of hand. Um, Smaller businesses should be open. People should just be safer than usual and, you know, things could be good. Um, Yeah. You know, they don't talk about how many people have, you know, gotten better or cured from this. They only talk about the bad, bad, bad because it's, I look at it as uh, just like, clickbait you know it's just like just headlines to just like to go oh, for sure to go to the page and not read you know the entire article um it's like a thousand people died today and you're like what <laughs> yeah all you, you know, hear is about, a thousand about, people and, dead and that's it and and you're like worst thing since day one you know and it's just like it's, it's like just, what about the hundred billion people that didn't die today yeah you know what i mean yeah it's it's definitely uh a conspiracy theories like dream because if you're like into that shit there's so many rabbit holes you can go down where it's like this actually is people aren't aren't dying actually yeah, it's no, a lie and it's like well, i don't know that that's true people are saying that like people are saying that bill gates is like ahead of this whole it. thing he's about to I, chip people and shit <laughs> yeah, like I, so crazy bill bro. Gates, the most charitable guy ever has like donated over 10 billion dollars to charity he wants it's not, it's not enough <laughs> yeah he wants population control so he's like trying to like I don't know. He's, I don't know. It's just conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. We can, we could dig ourselves into the biggest rabbit hole and <laughs> yeah. three of us have no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I don't actually know any facts. So <laughs> probably get hell of views though. If we hit it with the, yeah, clickbait the, it. That, clickbait. Tal Cooperman speaks about what's next with Corona. Tal Cooperman knows. <laughs> Tal Cooperman gives you the inside job on what's going on. That, well, that's, that's what happened to me. Uh, I was speaking on a webinar for Shopify last week and finally like two hours before the whole thing they like send me the link and everything to promote and they're like i click it and it's like tall cooperman palms casino resort uh executive creative director speaks about what's next in vegas and i was like i like literally spoke to myself i'm like no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) you're like i don't fucking know (laughs) so i wrote cody from shopify i'm like yo bro like 
You need to change that. I don't know what's next. I have no idea what's next. Tall Cooperman says, guns blazing. We're opening up or dying. He said, so what do you want to talk about? I'm like, I don't know, my career? Not this. Uh, Speaking of your career, good segue. Um, You've had a lot of different aspects of your career. It's always been in the creative director space. But you started, I mean, I remember you started at Gat, Gypsies and Thieves, just giving bands free pants. You know what I mean? And then it somehow turned that into like being in charge of these like crazy campaigns and these crazy things. Give us like a quick, just the, the, the liner notes of like you at 14 getting, you know, that to now. Cool. I, uh, I, I started hanging out at this place called GAT, which stands for gypsies and thieves, which is the first brand I kind of like interned for worked for whatever you want to say. Uh, I got driven there. Um, I think the first person that ever took me there was an old friend of mine named Brett. Um, he was like, yo man, this, this, you know, this is the, this is the streetwear brand, you know, all the graffiti guys that I looked up to were like doing designs for. And I, I was really intrigued by that. And I was like, oh fuck yeah, man, let's, let's, uh, let's go. And he took me there and I, uh, long story short, I became friends with the owner, uh, Louis Polito. Um, and he kind of mentored me and taught me some things and then introduced me to a few people from, you know, the MSK and AWR crews, uh, someone like Casey, uh, who's become like a father to me. Um, he, uh, I, I was going there and he was like, hey, man, would you like to start helping me with like trade shows and like raves and, you know, set up and sell merch and stuff I'm like, man, that's great. And and I, that's fast forwarding a year and a half, because when I was starting to go there, I didn't have my license yet. Right. Um, and then. 16 years old, I get my license. I start going to GAT as much as I can. After school, I would drive downtown. Now, I was living in Agora. We were living in Agora Hills. So driving downtown traffic, I would get there six, seven. I wouldn't care that. I would just hang out and just like, I would learn as much as I could from this guy. Um, fast forward another year, I'm a little deeper in there. Uh, I'm super close to, you know, a lot of people from from the crew that, you know, I've, I've been lucky and blessed to be around and a part of. Uh, and um, they, uh, I, I started going to raves and, you know, they got me more involved and Lewis was like, you should start getting more people involved. So that's when I would bring in someone like Aaron, you know, Aaron is my best friend in the whole world, world still till this day. Um, we started doing trade shows together. Uh, and then, by the way, Aaron, that's Aaron Levant, who he owned agenda started agenda started agenda started complex con started hall of flower he's a co-founder of hall of flowers co-founder of um truff hot sauce with me um and the list goes on aaron's a, you know aaron should be on the cover of forbes every other month um uh so but i i kind of grew apart from that company um i don't like to talk dirt on on people that much but like lewis to me wasn't a good person at that time and i ended up moving to san diego uh, Aaron took that company and brought it back to life because I think it like kind of went to shit. And then Aaron, you know, learned Aaron. Aaron was going nowhere fast in life, and I helped him go there and get an internship. And Aaron turned his life around real fast. He was very, you know, he learned the computer, he learned fashion, marketing, everything under that roof. So I think Aaron will always thank Lewis for his, you know, for his beginning days. I moved to San Diego to pretend like I was going to go to school. I didn't. I went because came I, and visited you there and uh, yeah. went to the skate park. I remember that's that. That's right. Yeah, we did that. And uh, <laughs> me, Tay Jones, and Heather Shehorn. Yes, Heather Shehorn. <laughs> that's right. Heather, Heather's still a friend. So is Tay. Um, but I did a lot of graffiti there. Right. I became super close with the with the guys from a brand called Tribal, and that's kind of that was the first brand that kind of made me, you know, realize what I really wanted to do. Um, Bobby Ruiz, who is a mentor to me till this day, he's the founder and owner of Tribal Streetwear. And at the time, Tribal was such a big company in my eyes. Uh, everyone was wearing it from hip hop to, you know, to, to rock and skaters, graffiti guys, B-boys, like everything I wanted in life. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> it could never get better <laughs> than this. Low riders, models, trade shows, you know, like I would look at, you know, while I was at GAT doing trade shows, I would look at Tribal and it was just like, Bobby was very good at blinding you of like, you know, it was just packed, man. Fred Durst in the booth, Jonathan Davis from Corn, B-Boys everywhere. Just like, I was like, what the fuck? This is crazy. <laughs> so, you know, when I moved to San Diego, you know, Bobby 
I told Bobby, I was like, hey, I have this band. Um, they're going to be really big. This is 2000. I'm like, they're going to be really big. Their record just came out. No one cared at that time right away. Um, I'm like, you should take a listen to it. So this band was called Lincoln Park. Um, and uh, I was like, yeah, they have a show here next week. At, I forgot the place they played in San Diego, but it was on the beach. And I think the capacity is like 400 people. It was probably Soma. It wasn't Soma. Oh, not Soma. No, it, was, it wasn't Soma. It was on the beach. Soma's not on the beach. But, I, but it, it's not even the small Soma. It, it was smaller. Smaller. Jeez. And, uh, and uh, we, I, we went there, and Bobby gave me a box, and it was probably as big as your tray, Tom, on, that's on your, you know, on your uh, coffee table. And uh, he was like, here, this should be good enough. And it's probably like six T-shirts and like three <laughs> hats and some stickers, you know. And like I went – and I remember giving Brad and Mike, you know, the the stuff and they were so thankful. Right now I, I was close friends with Brad, the lead guitarist. And uh, I wasn't super close with the guy, the, all the guys yet. Um, and uh, it was like, okay, thanks man. Like, you know, <laughs> like, but I'll tell you what, I, I think it was three weeks went by and all of a sudden, like Brad's on the cover of guitar world wearing a tribal hoodie Chester and Mike are on the cover of Krang wearing the tribal T-Stars t-shirts, you know, and I was like, man, I did that. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that's so cool. And I have an in with this band who's, by the way, not the biggest band in the world yet. You know, they, they're just a band. And one step closer was starting to get some radio play. And that three weeks turned into three months. And that three months turned into like, oh, my God, Linkin Park's the biggest band in the world. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, did they ever make it out of that little venue? Yeah, they are, you know, <laughs> from from 400 people to soccer stadiums. Yeah, like 40 million people. You know, um, I have the plaque to prove it. 100 million records sold worldwide. Jeez. You know, um, and you know, Mike and I and Brad. I mean, we're all super close, but Mike and I have t taken like a whole like, you know, left turn of super close friends. I look, I look to Mike for answers. Mike's wife, Anna, is a super close friend of mine. And, you know, I, I always go to her for, for help or advice. And, um, you know, I'm cutting the story so short because it's so long and it's just boring. And um, they, uh, they took me in and, and introduced me to a lot of people. And then I met bands from them and I got close with those bands. And, you know, getting close to like the Hoobastank guys or like Jose from Incubus or, you know, at the time, Lost Profits were cool before Ian went to prison. Right, you know, right. That was like, <laughs> I'll fucking fast forward through that. But the, those, those guys took me under their wing, and I traveled the world with them. You know, um, They lived at our house when they were did, recording their know? record. And then the, my, I got close with Mike Kem and Story of the Year, and like it was, I was on tour with all these guys. This is before, like, because most kids that listen to our podcast are younger. This is before like there was no such thing as like Instagram no. like influencing. No, no. There was none of that shit. None it was that. like you were just giving them shit in hopes that they were in – literal magazine yeah. wearing it oh, because yeah. there was no and, social media. And let's be clear. I wasn't making money from any of these brands. Right. And I'm only talking about one brand right now. I was I was helping about 10 brands from DVS Shoes to Maddox Clothing, Crew, Supra, Crew and Supra paid me, but that's years later. Uh, you know, um, Vestal Watches, I think was giving me 200 bucks a month. Because there wasn't like a, it wasn't a position. No. Like it, for companies, they probably were like, I mean, this kid gives people free shit, but we don't know, like, what are we even supposed to, how do we pay? We, it's, no, not, it's not a real job. There was a guy, uh, you know, uh, at, at Podium Distribution, which is, you know, DVS, Maddox, Lakai. It was a big company. And I've become super close with the founder, uh, Brian Dunlap, who's a good friend of mine now. But, like, Brian had no idea that I was doing one of his guys' job. Right. Now, I wasn't doing, the guy I was doing his job, he had his world. But I, I was always asking for stuff to give to my people, like the event sevenfold, you know, the the use, all all of these people. And I was just doing this guy's job. But in my head, I didn't give a fuck. Cause I was like, I will this will get me to my next level in life. So all these people were giving me clothes. I was giving it to bands. I was becoming friends with new bands, getting, you know, certified by bands and these brand brands were helping me as well. There, because what do they care? Everyone's wearing their stuff. They look cool to everyone cool means people are going to go buy your stuff um so that that was that i mean 
I mean, you're doing that and literally like selling clothes at Buffalo Exchange. So to, like, yeah, so eat food. Like, was that your was that your intention? Like, it's so it's so interesting to me. Like, you like knew what you were doing. Like, I'm gonna bring this band a box of clothes. They're gonna wear it. It's gonna now help this brand, which is gonna help the band in turn, which is gonna help like you're like spinning a web of like just everyone helping without even realizing it. Yeah. So no, like that shit's so crazy. <laughs> I was probably just, just like, young and like, I, I get to hang out with cool bands. Hang and... out with cool guys. You know, I wasn't even 19, you know, I was 18, yeah. seven, yeah. Seven, 18, 19, you know, and these guys took me in and, and I started caring about these guys, man. Like these, some people that, you know, I didn't know what was going gold was or platinum was. I was just like having, you know, becoming friends with these guys. And then, you know, it, it started getting a little crazy when like platinum plaques started showing up at my family's house, you know, and I was like, what is going on? What is this? You know, it's like, well, some bands can't pay you. They just want to show you they appreciate you. This band sold 500,000 records just, you know, off this record in the United States. This band sold 3 million records. This band sold 20, 30, 40, 50, 80, 100 million records, you know, and, and I had a, I got a plaque per record per Every time they were this band or a band will go platinum or gold, uh, they would take care of me, and and to me, that made me feel so good. I was like, "Fuck money, I'll figure money out later." You know, like Buffalo yeah. Exchange is my biggest. You know, they were my biggest uh, biggest account account. Dude. You know, uh, they were. I was like, "Man, I make four hundred and eighty bucks today." And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and that yeah. was that four hundred eighty bucks would last me over a month. You know, like I was just. I, I didn't have money, you know, so it was, uh, and, you know, I just fast forward, I was doing this for so many brands and finally, you know, I mean, I don't even remember like where it all changed, but like, you know, like, uh, I would say Neff Headwear was one of the first brands, you know, Sean Neff took care of me, you know, I did a lot of big projects for him. Uh, one of the biggest ones I was a part of was, uh, the Neff Mouse, which was Dead Mouse and Neff together did a big collaboration and, this is like when Dead Mass was like on the VMAs. He was like a yeah. celebrity at this point. I mean, yeah. he's still obviously huge, but he was like dating Kat Von D on yeah, the VMAs. Yeah, was like big, he was, was the big. Biggest. I mean, Mouse has always been so big, right? Uh, and uh, so Sean was a big, big deal for me. And then like, you know, I mean, we're we're moving so fast, right? Uh, I, I was doing stuff, you know, with Aaron on Agenda, you know, helping him take it from. Um, you know, just the streetwear thing to, you know, introducing a, a few people in the action sports world. And, you know, our goal was to put ASR out of business and Aaron did just that, you know, he's ASR was the biggest trade show for action sports called action sports and retail. And used to be my favorite twice a year used to be my favorite times ever to go because you'd see thousands of people, you know, it was at the San Diego convention center. That's how big trade shows used to be people like people would go to a convention center to, you know, um, to go to go to these trade shows and trade shows now are just going to be gone. Online. gone. Just, <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, Aaron put ASR to business agenda got bigger than ASR ever was. And now agenda has gone, you know, and sometimes I look at it as I don't think it's because the people uh, I don't think it's because people don't care. I think it's because people like Aaron aren't, you know, involved anymore. Um, started a brand with Benji and Joel Madden and Josh Madden called DCMA. Uh, you two, you know, were, you know, obviously a part of that. Um, but, uh, that, you know, that was a fun time. Benji and Joel, you know, introduced me to a lot of people. Shout in the, out Martel Melrose. Yep. Six, four, five North Martel. <laughs> um, and that was one of the coolest things Aaron and I, you know, got behind, um, as far as a, a licensing deal and, um, you know, Benji and Joel and I and Josh were super close. I'm, I'm still friends with the family. Uh, I actually talked to Josh now more than I did when we were partners. Loved, I love yeah. Josh. Josh is a great soul. Um, and, you know, now I uh, fast forward more and more years. Uh, I now work for, you know, the uh, I work for Station Casinos in Las Vegas. How was that for you? Like, I mean, like going from like the rock rap world, clothing and all that to like, you know, Vegas and like hotels. And how do you like transition like your mindset? Like, all right, I'm like seating clothes. Right. You're essentially... I mean, I, I don't know the word, right? Like we were like, like you almost could make up your own title for doing that. Yeah. I don't know like what that would be called. And then you're now at a, like a hotel. So your job at a hotel, the hotel or the hotels now and the whole brand is you're like a creative director. You're thinking of campaigns. You're yeah. thinking of this, like 
how did you come about that? Because it's so different than like seating clothes, right? So yeah, so I was, you know, I would call it like, you know, Aaron always tells people, and it's really cool of him to say this, but he'll always be like, Tall was one of the first guys out there to do product placement. Right. You know, so that that whole word product placement, I guess I was one of the first guys to do it. There's me, this guy Fez, who's was the king at doing it, and a few others. Um, and then I moved to Vegas for, you know, for Rescue Water, you know, and then Abby, obviously, as well. Uh, we were getting really serious, and I was like, I got to move out there. Um, and then um, I, was, I got bored after a while, right? So uh, uh, I remember Brian Affronte, who we all know from Dre's. He's one of the owners, and obviously in Nightlife, he's one of my mentors. Uh, he's like, hey, man, I, you know, I would love to get you involved. Him and actually Randy DeVilla, too, he was a part of all that. Uh, like we'd like to get you involved we need some help you know obviously you look at marketing in a whole different way than people at nightlife look right. at marketing and i was like okay you know and like i was already going to nightclubs might as well make some money uh victor dre who i've always looked up to as a mentor in 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 clubs was like uh let's meet and we met and he was like i used to work for victor in la when i needed like some 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 chump change right, right. and um god dre's la that was yeah, the time yeah dre's la was fun uh, and I was like, yeah, cool. And we met, he's like, look, I could pay you this much here in Vegas. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, and then I came in and I kind of, you know, ruffled some feathers and shook the tree a bit. Uh, Dre's, to be honest, man, all the clubs in Vegas were doing EDM and Dre's was the only one that was doing hip hop. Right. And everyone was making fun of it, not seeing the, the, the turn everything was about to take, but they didn't do it on purpose. It was, they fell into it because they didn't want to pay the amount of money DJs were getting paid. So at the same time, as people would say, Dre's was a sinking ship, it was far from it. Right. You know, like Brian is very good at his job about, uh, with operating a, a club. I would say Brian is the be one of the best in Vegas, hands down. He's figured a way how to make money and not pay the crazy amount. Um, so he's cool with being number three but for him to me brian dre's will be number one because they're not losing their ass every right. show um so it doesn't matter if you have six thousand people in your club when you have six thousand people in your club doesn't mean that you're doesn't making mean you're making money. money yeah it doesn't make, you know yeah. i mean like I, I just want everyone to know that uh so i uh i started helping them and at the time we had the weekend and and abel was like he was big but not like what not what abel he is, now, is yeah. today right and uh i had a couple shows left with that my biggest secret weapon when I came in was having agenda. Um, Aaron was, you know, uh, launching Agenda Vegas. And obviously Aaron and I have been doing after parties and parties our whole lives. So Aaron was like, I need a place to do it. So I think our first party, we had Abel and then Travis Scott was the second one. So like I was able to show that I could bring thousands of people to a party and right. make, you know, so that was like the first thing, you know, Brian knows, Brian has known Aaron for a long time as well. And so, Dustin was getting involved now too. And that was, we were all like, we were a small family, you know, while like you have all the big companies like Excess and Hakkasan Group in Vegas, like Dre's is a small little family. And to me, that was so much more fun. For right? sure. Like you're working with five people and not 50 um, to, to bring a night together. Um, so I had a, a good time to, you know, I, 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 was, I was looking at the marketing I was doing is how I would market a brand, like, a, you know, like a clothing brand. I would, market, I would market the club. So, like, when we would throw parties, we would make cool little packages with T-shirts and hats, and, like, that would be the invite. I'm not saying I created that because Hakkasan and Excess are very good at doing that as well, and so is Tau Group. Um, but I, I did it a little bit of a twist with my, my way, you know, and, um, and, it, and it worked. And um, a lot of people that used to make fun of it, we're now showing up to the club and, and, and it looked good. Um, fast forward a year and a half, I got really bored. Um, I was talking to Sal, you know, over at Hawkinson group and I was about to go there. Uh, I was going to become a director of marketing there. And I'm sure Sal at the time, I'm sure Sal wise, who's become a close friend of mine, he, he would have changed my title going in at some point to creative director as well. Right. Um, but I look up to Sal. Sal is one of the most talented creative people I've ever met in my life. Um, but, uh, at the same time, I met a, uh, a few other people that work for the Fertitta family, and um, I ended up, you know, choosing to go work for the Palms. We didn't even get on this, yeah. but you, Palms was like the first place you ever went to. It, it's I lived there. I, yeah, like we were going there the so The first party ago. we ever threw, the first party we ever threw for DCMA was at the Palms. We launched it in the Hardwood Suite. Um, 
it was really cool you know and that's when i met john gray that was 2005 so you have like roots at the pump i do yeah i live there uh you know john gray is one of my best friends on, on the planet still till this day uh and you know john ran it when he was working for the maloofs and then john you know helped you know with the entire 690 million dollar uh renovation project uh he ran that whole operation uh he's no longer with the company but you know he's still super close with the family right yeah, because I think I think that's like a big thing, right? Because like I think if you look at it on paper, you're like, why would you g take a risk, right, on something right. new and not go to Hakkasan? But you had like a deep seated thing at the Palms, and I, I think you wanted to see it succeed yeah, again. And you know? to, when I was listening to what they wanted to do, you know, make it like an art museum, and we're gonna launch a new club. And I, I, originally, I was going there just for the club, you know, uh, just for uh, it wasn't even called Chaos yet. It was just we're gonna build a club and a new pool club, and it's gonna be the best in the world. And I was like, oh man. I want to do the marketing for that, of course. you know, and uh, it was cool. Uh, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't see eye to eye with certain people that were involved at the time. Uh, I got pulled out by, by some people at the corp on the corporate side to, to start helping more on the Palm side. Uh, so I was not really involved in the club in the beginning. Uh, and that was really fun. Uh, I started getting involved in, you know, room meetings, restaurant meetings, you know, uh, the entire floor of like what art's gonna go here what do you think the design should be here the rugs you know um uh, i was i was super pumped i've never been a part of any I mean, you were like curating that. art i was like, yeah i i got to curate the entire property with frank and lorenzo and and albie and, and kelly and uh um laureen who um who runs design and construction or helps design and construction she helped me out a lot as well of like you know i didn't know like what it's like to buy a print for every room you right. know like i was like yeah i could choose the art but she really helped me like understand you know what it's like to like on a mass level right and um i owe her so much till this day because i would have failed miserably if it right. wasn't for her um yeah you don't because i mean from the, the world all of us come from like you don't know about what a million dollar budget is no. or how to stretch it or no. how how many a hundred thousand frames cost you yeah. know what i mean like, i didn't know weird. any of that and the best part is and the guy that helped us with all the framing is my friend John Barry, who I went to high school with. So he was helping, you know, and it was uh, a lot of people give me and certain people a lot of credit. But like there's other people that were so involved and and did hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours on this project. Um, so it, it, I always try to give them the credit, you know, because I don't want to seem like a dick. It wasn't me. At no, all. Of course. You know, it was an well, army. Yeah. I think that's cool because that's, I mean, there's a huge difference between you going and like, you know, being at Hakkasan where it's already kind of a well-oiled machine. Everything's already like good to go. You just kind of be in there. But then like you get this opportunity to like, yo, let's build some dope shit from really like the ground up right. and create a whole new vibe that Vegas hasn't seen. Like that's why you keep evolving as uh, you know, a businessman as like whatever you, you know, everything you do, like you want to do more and more and more and, be more involved and that's what gets you further so that's that's cool that you said that yeah it was it's it was great and uh you know we at first i think uh i the best part for me is i started they're like tall you're gonna curate the hotel with us and i was like cool they're like you know frank and Lorenz are big art collectors and they understand art more than i will ever understand uh they're like let's get some of the newer guys involved you know and i was like yeah of course and i got to be a part of that and do a bunch of installations with a lot of my friends and you know uh people were making fun of me behind my back and they you know some of these people think i don't know you know like <laughs> the shit they were saying uh a lot of people are like, oh yeah it's gonna be an art hotel cool or like oh yeah let's do art tells the art fire it's like bro i was doing so much fucking more than that but you know like if that's what you see me as and you're a complete fucking retard um and it was funny because all of a sudden all the headlines started the whole and it was and it was our, our pr team you know alex acuna and allison and allison broad uh that was the whole strategy from the beginning john and i were going to speak about john was going to speak about the property as far as like the 690 million dollar renovation i was going to handle like all the art i will talk about the art and what we have coming and um, obviously we have a fucking shark in the center of our hotel by Damian Hurst, you know um so I was doing those interviews. Thing is, all of a sudden, it was something new for Vegas because it wasn't just about you know slot machines or gambling. It was or, or nightclubs. It was like 
oh wow, the, the Palms is doing something completely different. They have art. I mean, not that we were the first. I mean, you have, you know, Cosmo's got a, an amazing art collection. MGM as a whole, all their hotels have amazing, you know. But you never hear about it. Like, they might have it, but you it's know, not. It's a lot of blue chip shit. I, you, you never hear, like, you know, the, you never, there's no, like, you did a Vans collab with yeah. Damien Hurst and the Palms. Like, yeah. nobody, they didn't do that. We, we, and that's the thing. Like, we did all that. We got all this stuff, got crazy headlines. All of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, shit, we got to get art in our hotel. I was seeing people from, M, like, I'm not even going to say who. I was seeing people from other hotel companies come to our hotel just to take photos because I knew they were trying to do what we did. But I was like, that's it. It's too late. Like, we're like, you already did it. we already did it. So it is what it is. And then Lorenzo and I started working on the Vans collaboration two years ago. Oh, wow. That was a two-year project, you know, with Damien. And it was really good. You know, uh, Patrick Lewis, who, you know, who works for Frank Lorenzo, has become a close friend of mine. He, he helped, like, bring this all together. And, you know, it, it was really cool. And, you know, they, they had me drive this home. And it was really cool, man, because I've never had anyone uh, believe in me as much as this family has ever like i don't i have a lot of people that helped me with my career they helped me get here but no one has given me the chance like this family has and like no free matter, reign you had you, yeah like, like, do, like, like we trust do you, you, do what you we want. trust you you know just once in a while show us what was going on and and i did and and bro like no company will ever let me do something like that again. right never man like everyone's always like how do we do this and the, the numbers and analytics and we're not gonna get dude they were just like go and you know the Vans Damien Hurst thing was one of the coolest things any hotel can ever fucking do. And the fact that it was only like sold at the hotel was amazing. You know, um, we did sell 20 of each pair in New York in the Volt store for Vans, which was cool. They sold out in like 90 seconds. Um, but it was rad. You know, it was really cool to, to do things like this. Like the Palms is a very cool boutique little hotel where 850 rooms, you know, like we're like, Cosmo is like 3,000. Of course. Bellagio is five. You know, it's just like, you're like, what? It's not like built in. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like people have to come there to yeah. see the art. Yeah, we're, we're an off the strip property. Exactly. You have to go 0.9 miles to get to us. I think the super interesting thing about you, and honestly, it's, it's just the way that me, you, and Tav really all are. Um, you, you never ask questions. Like, you're like, you know, if there's a job, you're just going to figure out how to do it. You're the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to hire somebody to like, you obviously will outsource if you need to, but you're the kind of guy that's like, all right, I guess I'm curating art. Uh, all right. I guess I'm uh, doing marketing. I never ask questions. I'm going to talk to DJs about coming to our property. Like you're one of those guys that you're just going to get it the fuck done. Yeah. And I think that's something important for kids to know is like in this world, in, in the, the creative space, in the entertainment industry, whatever you want to call it, you really have to like, just pivot as the shit comes. Yeah. Like it's not, oh well, I'm a DJ, so that's what I fucking do. Or I, I am curating the art. That's my job. It's yeah. like, no, new shit's gonna fly at you every day, and you need to step up to the plate, I, or somebody was, else will. That was when the original team was there, like John, me, Frankie, uh, Alex, Lauren, uh, you know, Kelly. I mean, it was things were just flying every day, and everyone wore hats, and they didn't care, you know. Tall. you're going to do the pearl bookings with you know that team you're going to do the art like it was we never left the property we never cared to leave the property you know we were doing 22 hour days there um things are a little different you know these days uh uh i'm just focused on creative and and i help with the pearl booking uh but you know i don't like i'll do anything and everything i sure. asked you know because i just i don't ask questions i just go and get shit done yeah you know um, why do you think that's so like important you know what i mean like why or why do you do you do, you do it just because that's just the kind of guy you are I guess it's just the kind of guy I am. yeah i have a lot of people that want me to fail right always have and it's some people that, that i work with you know and i'm not scared to say it i feel like that drives you you know what oh, i mean yeah. like i just sit there and i'm just i just laugh yeah i'm just like i get bummed you know and i but you know it's because it's because of the way i look right it's not because i wear a suit or you know they don't want to understand me but then they wonder, like, how I'm having dinner with a certain person, you know, and they're like, how is that happening? It's like, yo, bitch, because they look past the tattoos, the hat, the tight jeans, the vintage shirt. Like, if you can get past that. We're no, cool. I mean, that's why that's why people like you is because you're not the classic, like, corporate guy. You know, there's a million of those. Trust guys. me, I've asked my bosses if I should wear a suit and they started laughing at me. Yeah, exactly. 
they're like well, they they want you there to be you yeah. you know what i mean why, exactly why, uh why would you wear like the only time i wear a suit is like our christmas parties or like you know what i mean and like even then they're like you don't look right yeah and even then it's like a, <laughs> it's like a burgundy suit or like a right. green I, i'll always suit. come in super loud so everyone you know with some pink uh horse hair louis Vuitton, or tom ford shoes with like an all green Tom Ford suit. People are like, what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with this kid? Everyone's just pissed. Pissed. What pissed. do you, what? So how are you now? Like, how is this like, it's gotta be like affecting your mental state, right? Cause like, there's like almost nothing you can do, right? Yeah. Cause everybody's just like locked the fuck down. So I, how are you staying creative? How are you like? Doing so I stuff? started a podcast as well called Bad News, um, and that I started that before all this went down. Link is in the motherfucking description. Yeah, my <laughs> link. Yeah, hit the bio. Hit the link. Uh, and uh, that's been that. I've I used to paint a little bit. You know, I obviously been doing graffiti my whole life, but I started painting, painting. Uh, so I feel like when this thing's over, I'm gonna be able to have an art show because I've been painting so much. Damn, that's sick. And I don't know if anyone's going to come and buy any art. Maybe um, my art probably sucks, but it's been really good. And it's a good story. Um, and it's been keeping me sane. Um, obviously I'm a, I'm a co-founder in Truff hot sauce. So, you know, I always let's talk to- about that. Cause okay. I just real quick, I want to okay. segue into that. Cause you've been talking about starting a hot sauce company. Yeah. I mean, dude, for years, Yeah, me and Tom, me and Aaron. So first off it's, it's truffle infused hot, hot sauce. sauce. Yep. It's called truff. Yep. At sauce, our answer, our Instagram handle is sauce. How how's that come about? How you go from giving raver pants to Lincoln yeah. Park to just having a hot sauce? <laughs> <laughs> um, so Aaron and I wanted to start a hot sauce brand. We talked about it for years. Aaron puts hot sauce on everything. So do I. Um, so does Dave. Yep, we love spicy food, right? Uh, and we were working on something with with Allison, his mom, who's pretty much my mom. She raised me. Uh, she, you know. We were working on something. The problem is, is Aaron, as you know, and Dave, as you know, Aaron is one of the busiest guys in the world. He doesn't have time to go to factories or, you know. To taste test. Yeah, and and neither do I, you know. And um, Aaron ended up meeting Nick and Nick, who are are the founders and our partners. Uh, And Aaron called me. He's like, I found our fucking hot sauce shit. I was like, what? And we all met up. And, you know, that's just cutting the story short. And Nick and Nick, you know, and Aaron made me a part of this thing and it's, it took off and it took off because Nick and Nick fucking had an Instagram handle called sauce. Right. So even by accident, you're finding our Instagram, you know, uh, and when you do, you're like, and this shit looks crazy. And I think we're the biggest hot sauce brand as far as following goes in the world. I mean, there might be another one, but they don't do what we do. No, the marketing you guys, and this kind of goes back to how you were with clothing. It's like, you're now seeding people hot sauce. I'm right. now seeing, oh, like, yeah. and I'm people, now seeing the, the offsets and, and the, people these people begging for it. I mean, people yesterday, and we didn't even send it to him. I'm going to send it to him now. But, like, Dan Bazarian was at his house walking with a tray to his movie theater, and the tray had a full tray. And you can know our bottle. It's not like you don't know our bottle. It's very unique. It looks like a champagne, but yeah. like a, like and a it's vodka like He had it on his breakfast plate, and we were like, people were like, oh, fuck, Dan Bazarian. And I was like, that's fucking awesome, you know, like, and, and every day people send me shit. I'm like, dude, did you know this? Is happening? Do you know this person? And this person's like, yeah, man, like it, it's, it's taken off. It's crazy. Well, you know, you have a, sorry, go oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, hit it, hit it. I was just going to say, it's like a little side note. It's crazy when you, you know, something's working when like you haven't set up that thing. Like he was just doing that because he likes yeah. the sauce. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't a paid placement advertisement for, whatever like that's when you know shit's yeah. like really really firing it's, off it's the the text i get or emails daily or you know or dms of like people like yo man you got my favorite is when people are like yo man you got a code and it's like <laughs> i know you, you're not looking for that code bro you're like i do man it's just check out and pay yeah and it's just like <laughs> for two percent off right and i'm a dick yeah. <laughs> yeah and it's like we made our bottle very special where it's like it's not like uh <laughs> sriracha or cholula or tapatio where you got to go like this ours just pours out so that's on purpose you know yeah it's for people that want a lot of hot well not only that it's it goes by faster right you buy more you know so (laughs) that's the goal i remember when you start i remember when you guys like like when i first heard about the idea and started it i was like even me i'm like 
people are gonna pay that much for a fucking hot sauce because it's more it's way more yeah. expensive than I, I but i used Tabasco. to look at aaron like that too i was like you're fucking crazy but aaron now like, it's like we're gonna be the 1942 of uh of hot sauces and i was like oh shit it, it's true though i bet you dan belzerian did that and put it on his breakfast tray because he is like i'm fucking rich right. i afforded this hot sauce i bought it because it's this much <laughs> money you know what i mean like it's a crazy thing and then you guys get picked up by fucking oprah yeah, so Oprah's talked about us now three times. Uh, we've made for anybody that doesn't know, Oprah has Oprah. a talk show. She's a pretty <laughs> famous talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, you know, she she put us on her favorites list two years ago. Uh, and anybody who doesn't know, Oprah's favorite list for Christmas is like the biggest deal you could possibly. I was gonna get say, in. what does that do to sales? Like, it crashes your website. Um, and then she went even deeper this last year and said that it's her favorite hot sauce in the world. And that made us a lot of headlines. How do you get to like a, how does, how does the company get to an Oprah? Like, I don't even know Nick Nick, how you, man. Nick and Nick. Nick and Nick. The Nick. Do you call them the, the Knicks? Knicks? I do call them the, the Knicks. Knicks. You, you need to make a <laughs> shirt for them. That's like the, the, the basketball, basketball team, the Knicks, right. but it's just the you're N-I-C-K-S. Right. And they're, they're sweethearts, man. I've, uh, you know, and I, Tommy, you know, I, I say, and Dave, you know me too. Like, I say this about everyone, right? Like, oh, they're it's the best of the best, my brother. They're my but best Nick friend. and Nick are really, they're, they're great guys. I haven't known them that long, you know, a few years, and they've been great to me and treat me like family. And um, to be a part of something that's completely taking off is like, it's the best feeling, right? And like, to go to like Whole Foods and see people picking up our bottles or like seeing it in the front or, you know, uh, Erwan or like just, to be the number one to number five sauce on all of Amazon daily. Yeah, it's fucking like, crazy. Bro, it's like, it, this is real. It's That's a real, real thing. Or like, you know, like, we'll go to mom's house, you know, like, by the way, it's the, the one thing to always, that you anyone wants to do is impress his parents, right? And like, our parents are Israeli, so they don't always understand or get it. But like, when like, someone goes to your mom's house, like, did you see your son's hot sauce was on Oprah? And like, my mom doesn't care about the Oprah part. She just cares that like somebody said somebody something. said that to her <laughs> Israeli, and she's like, "Oh shit, this must be big." And you're like, "No, you, no, you don't get it. It's Oprah." Yeah, like <laughs> Oprah, she could be president. You know, like no, mom, mom doesn't understand something unless one of her Israeli friends brings it to her or tags her on uh, Facebook. Did you see? Yeah, yeah. did you see the I Facebook? Did. <laughs> see the Facebook. Did you see the Facebook? Yeah, I think it's just it's so crazy, man, because you I mean, literally at one point are like living in a fucking car. Yeah. I live that in a car. is that is by the way, this is not a, even a car. We called it the Skittle. The Skittle I live because in the Skittle. it was <laughs> it was the size of a Hot Wheels car. And you go from that to I mean Dude, like you might not own it, but you're flying on a private jet to come to LA for meetings. Yeah. Oprah's mentioning your hot sauce. It's like such a wild story. And I don't think people or kids or, you know, anybody understands that it's like, yo, shit can be rough. But if you believe in yourself and you have a goal and you just fucking charge, you can do it, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, us three here, especially. I mean, Dave, you went through hell. Tommy, I know what you went through. You know, um, obviously, I live. I did live in a car for a bit. You know, I didn't talk to my mom for a bit. I cut my dad off completely for a long time. Uh, and, um, you know, I, my whole goal is always I, is for kids to know that, you know, life can get good. You know, you just got to, you do got to keep charging. You know, Tommy was, Tommy failed many times with bands or whatever, you know, to get to where he is with, with you now, Dave. You know, I mean, both of you, you guys were a band. People always tell me, like, man, your brother's still doing Warp Tour? I was like, no. I was like, <laughs> they're way bigger than that now, you know? Like, and it's just Dave and my brother now. They're like, well, what happened to the other guys? I'm like, Dave and my brother fired them. Like, I was like, they were like, two is better, and we make way more money. No, I, don't, I, I would never say it like that. But, you know, what, what happened to them? What is it in uh, Happy, Happy Gilmore? He's like, oh, no, she's dead now. She got hit by a yeah, truck. Yeah, she got hit by a car. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh that's um, You know, so... It, Kids just got to know, man, like, you know, on my podcast uh, with me and Matt, um, my, one of my good friends and my partner, my last question all the time was like, you know, I read something that, uh, I think it was GQ or something. They wrote that the average kid doesn't leave his parents' house until 26, which is buck wild. Cause all three of us were out of the house by like 17. Right. Yeah. So, um, 
so it's crazy but like in my head i'm like okay it, things are a bit different now you know before the pandemic or before it's like kids are are just like oh fuck like 26 that's crazy you know it's like yo man like fuck it own it you know what i mean save as much money as possible get out when you feel comfortable right like it but now who knows man like it's gonna be 30 now you know yeah it, it's scary but but life life will will take a turn at some point you know you well, and I th- grind it's like yeah to, to to get on that point too it's like a lot of kids will you know try something for two years and give up like oh it just didn't work it's like dude shit takes a long fucking time like and it's like it, you only fail if when you stop even even if you're dead broke till you're like 45 and that one thing hits for you when you're 45 like fuck it you know what i mean like if that's what you want and that's what you want to do then like you need to keep going and don't give up after like two, three, four, five years of it not working. Right. And you can't compare like, like me and tall, like we come from Malibu. We grew up in fucking like 10 minutes up the Canyon from Malibu. All of our friends were more the Valley. Agora Hills is people here Malibu and they're like money. We didn't have money. Well, we came in and out of money, but we, we grew like, you know, we grew up in Agora Hills, which is a very rich place. All of our friends were rich. All of uh, everybody we grew up around, and it's hard when you're dead broke and all your friends are rich to not compare. It's hard when you, it's hard to not compare yourself to other people. But I think it's such a downfall for anything that you do to compare to other people. Like, why does this guy have this and I'm not there yet, and I'm 32, but this guy's 27 and he already has this, and why am I not this? But it's like that can be such a downfall, and you really just got to focus on yourself and your goal, and you got to just fucking charge it and do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. No, that's totally fair. So what's next, man? What? So you have, actually, I want to talk about the podcast. Okay. How's that come about? Man. Because you uh, never talked to me about starting a podcast. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, yo, I have 47 episodes. Where do I upload this yeah. shit? I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I, uh, uh, well, I, I love, I have a lot of friends, as, as both of you know. Uh, and I, I want people to hear their stories. Um, uh my good friend Matt, who's been with me since Dre's, so it's like going on five plus years. He was always like, "Tall, you got to start a podcast, man." Curse, you know the curse. Um, and I was like, "I don't know," you know. He's like, and for years he was trying to get me, and then he would like, "I'm always in, um, I'm always in Matt's office instead of mine because I love talking to Matt all day, or Matt will school me on shit all day." Uh, and he's like, and he was playing, I think Joe Rogan or a few other ones, and I was like, "Oh man, this sounds cool." He's like, yeah, this could be you, you know, like, and, and I just started getting more and more into it. And I was like, fuck it, man, let's just do it. We have a studio here at the Palms. We could use it. You know, Zoe, who runs the our studio was like, she was asking me for two years to do it. And then finally, we just said, fuck it, let's do it. And Matt and I started fucking around. And then I started having people come on. And, um, you know, first season uh, has been really good. We just, it's just, it just launched. Uh, we're going to be on our eighth episode. Uh, you know, this weekend it's on Sundays, right? Sundays. Sunday. I launch it on Sundays. But I feel like Sundays you're always at home. You got nothing to do. Um, yeah. a, he launched it pre-pandemic because now you're fucking home every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, fuck. <laughs> I should do a podcast every day. Oh man, that would be fire. Um, and you know, it, it went great. Uh, do we have crazy listeners? No, you know. Yeah, but nobody does it first. You, you know, and and we're building. But every weekend, every weekend, the numbers grow and grow, and it's really cool. And like you said, Tommy, you just gotta you got to keep hitting it with it. So it gets in their routine. Right. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. And we're going to try to start dropping two, you know? Um, so it's been really fun. I love talking. Uh, then I heard Tav's numbers for mama's basement and I got all bummed yesterday. Cause, but again, you can't compare. Yeah. Right. Like banks has the craziest following I've ever heard of in my entire life. Uh, and it's, but I'm so proud of everyone. Right. I'm just like, I'm banks did my show, you know, and, uh, I'm excited for that. Cause you know, I, I, I I'm excited for, for bad news to grow because I, my whole thing is I want people to hear stories, uh, you know, people's come up stories. Cause a lot of our friends came from absolutely nothing. Everyone's got that dr- to me. Everyone's got that dream. I come from nothing story. A lot of our friends come from absolutely nothing. And, um, uh, and, uh, Tom just received a crazy text. I did. <laughs> people need to hear about Tune it in next week to find out what it was. Uh, <laughs> But I think coming from nothing is like, it gives you, it's crazy. Coming from like dirt really pushes you to be 
not saying that like people who are rich can't be successful because we know rich people that became successful and that's cool. But something about coming from nothing is like such a fucking, it, it's like gas on a fire. You yeah. know what I mean? It's crazy. So you guys are on every Sunday. You're going to, you're going to keep doing it just until we're going to keep going, man. Um, you're teaching me how to do stuff like this. So zoom, baby. Know, yeah. If we're, if, if we're going to be screwed for a bit, we'll have, uh, we'll have some zooms. People might, I might be able to get more people to do it because they're like, oh shit, I don't have to come to Vegas. I don't have to come sit in your studio. I don't have to st <laughs> spend time with you. I could just do it for an hour. Perfect. You know? Yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Dave didn't want to come be with us today. Yeah. Dave, you know? Dave decided to not come here today. <laughs> I, I flew to Colorado this morning just because I didn't want to deal with you guys. So yes. <laughs> um, so other than, so you got the pod that's super important. You got the pumps. Is there anything else you're working on that you're excited about that you can even talk? I mean, I know you're always working on stuff. Uh, it's coming up. So I, I, Matt and I are treating bad news as a brand too. So we've been kind of dabbling in a, uh, some merch stuff. Best fitting hoodie known to man Tight. is my yellow hoodie. Uh, Matt or Dave, when you come home, you'll get it. Uh, Ooh, I can't wait. And um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I do stuff all day long. I try to help people all day long. Um, That's the other thing. And I mean, we're almost wrapped up here, but you are the king of like, you don't mind connecting people no. or helping them and you never ask for shit. No. And is that just because you like helping people? Is that because it's like a, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back mentality? No one ever or? scratches my back, so. <laughs> my back has been itchy for yeah, years. Yeah, so <laughs> I've been, you know, and that's not to sound like a dick. It's just, I always just want the best for people. Right. You know, but no one. You don't expect anything. You just. No, I'd be rich if I expected. Exactly, yeah, it's, it's crazy. If I expected everyone to take care of me like I take care of them, I'd. I have a nice house that you and Dave could live in. Yeah. Well, we're wait. We're, we'll be waiting on that, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> keep, don't hold your breath, though. <laughs> well, I mean, that's an hour, so oh, wow. we're, they went fucking fast. Um, bad news every Sunday. Every Sunday. The curse. Uh, it will be in the description. Thank you for stopping by during Dude, a pandemic. For, I love. Yes, thank you. Coming into this is the first time I've been. He's in never my been in my house, house, by the way. I lived here for four <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Thank you for stopping by, and I hope you don't have coronavirus. Dave, I, I hope to see it. you soon, man. I miss you. I know, brother. I miss you too, brother. Thank okay. you so much. Tell the wife I say hello. I will, brother. I'll talk All to right. you 47 times later. So yeah. see you later, bro. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you, Tal. Yeah, of course. Talk to you guys. Bye.